0: Who's Your United Methodist Podcast, episode 19, with Matt Lipan, church planter
1: at Gateway Community Church. You have that sort of pressure to see your church grow, uh, to financially be viable, see people growing and deepening in their faith. And so that pressure, I think, sometimes is definitely one that I put on myself.
0: This is Darren Cushman Wood with North United Methodist Church, and you've been listening to the Who's Your United Methodist podcast. Dr. Brad Miller.
2: Welcome to the Hoosier United Methodist podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. Brad believes that a strong connection in the United Methodist Church is essential to achieving the mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. The Hoosier United Methodist podcast will help you and your church connect with key insights, hear inspiring stories, and learn from successful pastors and people making a difference in United Methodist churches in Indiana. And now, here's Brad. Hello again, good people, and
0: welcome to episode 19 of the Hoosier United Methodist Podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. That's me, so glad that you decided to join us today on the podcast, and we got a good one today. we got uh, Matt Lipan, who's a church planter of Indiana's newest United Methodist Church, just charted on June the 10th, uh, 2016 after launching on July 1st, 2015. So less than a year old, it took it to charter. We're going to get into that in just a second, but I wanted to let you know what this podcast is all about in case you're our first-time listener. and, And just so you know who I am and what this is about. My name is Brad Miller. I'm a local church pastor here in Indiana, and I have a love for the Lord and a love for communication and a love for strengthening the connection in the United Methodist Church. That's what this podcast is all about. Our purpose is strengthening the connection in the United Methodist Church in Indiana for the mission, to achieve the mission of making disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. So this podcast is all all about telling good news stories about the leaders and the Innovators and the churches that are doing something to reach out into our communities to strengthen the connection and make disciples. So that's what we're all about. And you can always check out more about us on our on our website, HoosierUnitedMethodist.com dot com and Facebook.com dot slash Hoosier United Methodist. That's a couple of places. Today we got a great guest. Our guest is Matt Lipan, and he's got a great story to tell about the journey of the Gateway Community Church, which is in the Geist area, uh, northeastern suburbs of Indianapolis. He talks about how this church launched just on July the 1st, 2015, and less than a year later, had over 200 people in two services, 150 or so adults and over 50 children in their worship experiences, and how they charted. As a church, he tells a story here in this in this uh, interview that we're about to have here today about <clears throat> how they use what he calls the hybrid approach. That has to do with uh, he, he's going to unpack it a lot more, but it has to do how this church gateway emerged out of the ministry of the larger Castleton United Methodist Church, and then the uh, hybrid aspect has to do with some of the dynamics of of an established church and a new work and how there's certain dynamics there. We go a little deeper on some of that, some of the pressures involved with uh, with working with uh, a new church plant and reaching out to people who are unchurched or de-churched, don't have much uh, background in church in many cases, and how there's some uh, some certain uh, challenges with that and pressures. We talk about pressure a lot. This whole podcast is close to my heart. I am a former church planter myself. I had a church plant in Avon area of Indianapolis area, a suburb of Indianapolis in the mid-90s, 1994 to 98. And one of the joys of my life was was that part of my ministry. I'm going to say a little bit more about that uh, after our interview here. So stay tuned for, for, for that. Um, I did want you to know, that today's podcast is sponsored by the book Meet the Good People Wesley's Seven Ways of Sharing Your Faith it's by Reverend Dr Roger Ross who's the senior pastor of the First United Methodist Church in Springfield Illinois you can see a link to this book on uh, on our website and i did want to give you one quote from the book that i just thought was was a, a good thing especially in the in light of our of our conversation about church planning. Roger, by the way, is a former church planner himself. But here's the quote from the book. Ironically, while the culture's interest in spirituality is peaking, basic knowledge of Christianity is on the decline. That's a real issue with church planners and really all churches, how we deal with a culture which doesn't have some basic knowledge of Christianity. There are some things there for us to ponder there. I also want you to know, (coughs) that this podcast supports Mission Guatemala under the direction of Tom Heaton. It's a great mission seeking to serve the needs of the rural people in a rural area of Guatemala, desperately poor, with a feeding ministry, education ministry, medical ministry, all kinds of good stuff. They have opportunities for work camps to come down there and be helpful. Check it out at missionguatemala.com or on our website. But right now, our focus is on church planting. With two churches planted at the 2016 annual conference session. There's this church, Gateway Church, and there was also the branches in the Plainfield area that was, uh, uh, was uh, commissioned as well. And so that's good news for our church. That's good news. And it's good news in that we need to hear the story of how this happened and came about so we can c- c- continue the process of expanding the, uh, the reach of the church, especially to reach new people. One of the best ways of reaching new people is by creating new ministries like new church plants. So let's get into the conversation with Reverend Matt Lipan right now.
1: Matt, welcome to the podcast. Brad, thanks for having me. Well, first of all, let's hear a little bit about you. Yeah, sure. Well, my story starts, uh, I grew up uh, going to uh, Roman Catholic Mass on Saturday evenings with my dad and going to a large Wesleyan church on Sunday mornings with my mom In growing up in Western Michigan. And uh, so I kind of had this uh, dual experience of church and different traditions that were pretty different. And... uh, grew up that way for a long time, got to the point where my parents said, okay, you know, uh, you don't, you can choose now which church you want to go to. You don't have to go to both. And so for me at that time, when I was, uh, it was about 16 and I made that choice to leave the Roman Catholic church and uh, was starting and was now regularly attending and solely attending the Wesleyan church there in Holland, Michigan. It was my sophomore year in high school when I received my call into full-time ministry. Just knew that that's Kind of where God was leading me. And that's been my focus really ever since. Uh, ended up coming down to Indiana to, to do my undergrad work and then met my wife, who is a native Hoosier and, uh, and then finished up, uh, some seminary work and, uh, yeah, started working at Castleton United Methodist Church as the director of student ministries, which was my first real exposure to the United Methodist Church at all. Okay, and so that was a, a great experience. I was on staff there for about 13 years, and then ended up uh, being a part of this this new church start here at Gateway Community Church.
0: And uh, just kind of a perspective, uh, Gateway Community Church is uh, really in the Castleton area of Indianapolis, so you're not too far away from where far away from where you've been for some time. And tell, right. us, tell us what about how that came about for you to move from a staff position to get in the um, rather specialized and uh, a niche call, if you will, to be a church planter. Kind of tell us a story about how you ended up becoming a church planter.
1: Yeah, well, it was, what's interesting about that, Brad, is I never really saw myself as a church planter. I never really felt like that was something that I was particularly interested in. I was really more interested in revitalization and... And so as one of my staff responsibilities at Castleton at the time was to – we had a second campus that we took on called uh, Sunrise, which used to be Sunrise at Geist United Methodist Church. And so it's located here in the Geist area of Indianapolis. And it was its own church for some time, and then eventually it merged with Castleton probably about – now it's probably about maybe 10 or 11 years ago. It became the second campus of Castleton, and one of my staff responsibilities responsibilities eventually became to be the campus pastor uh, at Sunrise. And so uh, I've been here at this location, physical location, uh, since September of 2010— and at that time, I was the campus pastor, uh, still an associate appointed to Castleton. But my responsibilities saw me here at what was called the Sunrise Campus for the majority of my time. And just through, I think, uh, part of the fruitful congregation journey process that we have here in our our conference through church development, some conversations and and really God kind of doing his thing, we started to have some conversation about – uh, what does it look like to for Castleton to have two campuses? How do we do that? What does that kind of how does that play out? And could part of that be it kind of that opened up the conversation about should should this kind of be spun off or relaunched as its own separate church? And so then we really began the the hard work of prayer and discernment and conversation and uh, I think come into the realization that. Sure enough, we felt like God was leading us to to launch as a as a new church, our own separate entity, as a new church here in the Geist area, and kind of have been working towards that end now for almost probably about maybe two and a half years ago. So, in a way, it's a restart, but
0: there, yeah, there are some dynamics of a. Of a brand new thing, and yet uh, yeah. you still have some a heritage there as well, and some connection to um, your mother church, as it will, as it were, Castleton. So some interesting dynamics going on from several different perspectives.
1: How, yeah, how really, did, sort of a sort of a hybrid. It really, I kind of yeah. when I talk to people about it, I talk about it as sort of a hybrid of a church start and kind of revitalization. So it's been a really interesting journey. Mm-hmm. Well, that's, uh,
0: and yet there are some dynamics about a. Starting a new work that are that are different than an established work, at least from my experience and the church planners sure. I've talked to. I'm a former church planner myself. Okay. tell me yeah. a little. Tell me a little bit about that, uh, Matt. How, how you how you find in working in a uh, a new work, a new church plan environment? Could kind of compare and contrast that to your work as a you know as a staff person in a, a large established
1: church. What kind of things are you running into? Uh, one of the I think one of the um, exciting things, but it also has been certainly providing a challenge for us uh, a unique challenge a good challenge has been as we 've been doing this launch this new thing, um, encountering a lot of individuals who are unchurched or dechurched and are kind of coming back around and so because we 're this new thing as you mentioned we 're kind of in a way, we're kind of figuring it out as we go. I don't know if that makes sense, but uh, not that necessarily we're flying by the seat of our pants by any means. But that uh, we're just having the opportunity to explore new things as we as we go, and so we're learning how to learning how to grow, learning what it means to grow, and then um, some of the the necessary changes that come with that or the tension that comes with that. Uh, individuals who are new to church or coming back around to church and uh, don't have uh, ne- necessarily any preconceived notions of what church should be, you know, or what it should look like.
0: Sound like you have to be nimble and be able to adjust on the fly. that I would understand that um, in many ways that would be in and of itself a dynamic that would be a little bit apart from an established church which sometimes has you know very established patterns and behaviors and uh, programs and so on in the new church plan in order to meet those needs of new people you have to be uh, ready to uh, react and to uh, approach the needs at hand
1: yeah, it's been interesting when I contrast my my time on staff at Castleton, uh, a pretty well-established church and now, you know, we're almost almost at a year of Gateway, and the difference of like you said some of those things that you didn't really have to think about because that was just everyone just knew this is when you do this event or this is when you do this thing and this is how you do this thing and you just it just happens.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: Whereas here at Gateway, uh, we've not really done anything for more than maybe two years at a time, if we're if that. And so everything is uh, a learning. There's a little bit of a learning curve to you know to a lot of it, and at the same time, some excitement in having to figure it out uh, mm-hmm. as you go. Well,
0: yeah, there's certainly the uh, excitement of a new thing and then some of the, oh, it's kind of like a a good friend of mine who's a private pilot and he said there's, you know, long periods of time when you're just kind of cruising along aboard punctuated by certain times of, you know, extreme terror. You know, you, <laughs> right. and uh, I've kind of uh, likened uh, church planning to that sometimes because one of the things you do deal with in in all forms of ministry, but I think there's some particular challenges in church planning is uh, spiritual warfare. As that is uh, some certain things that push up against you that are true challenges. What are some of the right. real challenges, maybe even of the spiritual warfare nature, that you have run up against in planning a, a new work?
1: Well, I think um, some of it is, you know, spiritual warfare. I don't know. Maybe that's what it would be. It's that I think there's a there's a pressure um, and I don't know where that pressure necessarily comes from. Sometimes it comes from inside of myself that I'm kind of pushing or feeling like there's this pressure to, you know, do this or do that. Check this box, reach this benchmark, uh, figure this out, you know, um you see this person come or go, and the pressure of why what did we do wrong? you know what are we doing right can we can we even articulate what we think we're doing right uh, i think there's i I could see it being some some certain certainly some spiritual warfare in the Mm-hmm. Uh, stress or the pressure of it. Does that make, I'm not sure that well, makes sense.
0: I did, Well, yeah, that's, that's fine. I, I guess I wanted to dig a little deeper in terms of the yeah. source of that pressure, meaning is that self-imposed pressure? Are you uh, given certain benchmarks by your sponsoring church or by the annual conference that you're supposed to meet? Did you meet pressure? Are you, are you feeling pressure from the people that you're reaching? Uh, perhaps it's kind of some sort of a, you know, a Pressure from above, as it were, for godlike pressure. Sure. Where well, you go a little deeper with me, if you will, on the source yeah. of that pressure and what that means for and, and how you uh, how that manifests itself
1: in your minutes. Yeah. Right. Well, our great, I mean, great question. I think the source. When I think about the sources, the, the source of um, our relationship with Castleton um, is. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very, it's a good relationship. It's a strong relationship. It's a healthy relationship. But we don't have any interactions with Castleton anymore. We are now completely kind of our own thing. And I think there was some pressure, not necessarily from from the conference or church development or from Castleton, but just that, I think, I mean, and, and you know that as a pastor of a church, you have that sort of pressure just to, to see your church grow, uh, to financially be viable, to see people uh, growing and deepening in their faith. And I so that pressure, I think, sometimes is definitely one that I put on myself. I mean, I know that just knowing myself well enough to know that there are some pressures that I put on myself. Um, I think there's the pressure, not necessarily explicitly from the conference, but that especially now, having just recently been chartered, that we're going to continue to be viable, that we're, you know, we're not gonna, (laughs) we're gonna try to continue to to ride this momentum and not sort of fizzle out. Or, um, I think there's the pressure of wanting to figure out and, you know, ways to continue to reach and connect with people. Some we've done well, others we've tried and, uh, you know, had to tweak or, (laughs) or just scrap and, well you, and sometimes
0: that uh pressure comes when you have those potential people those potential situations and and things don't always just uh are work out as way you where you would hope and then there's other situations where the pressure comes from success you know you have a lot of good things happening and so you know pressure's not always a bad thing it' it's, it's yeah. a good, good thing as well, and I think we need appropriate levels of pressure to keep appropriate uh tension going on to uh keep us honest with ourselves
1: yeah i totally agree
0: yeah one of the things we like to say in our whole denomination uh matt is that we are about um making disciples of jesus christ for the transformation of the world and to me the key part of that is transformation and it starts with the transformation of individuals you mentioned how you seem to be connecting up and uh Reaching in one form or another, uh, unchurched folks or de-churched folks or uh, people who have been inoculated to the church in some form or another. I'd like you to tell me if you can uh, reach into your uh, uh, experiences with your folks. We'd like to hear about a situation where you may have seen a person or a family have some transformation out of the ministry of your church about something good that's happened there.
1: Yeah, uh, well, thanks for the opportunity to share some of that. It's been pretty fun. I mean, for me as a pastor, it's been exciting to, to be in ministry with individuals who are coming into church without a ton of uh, expectations necessarily or pre- preconceived notions of what church should be or what it should look like and are excited about growing in their faith and exploring what that looks like, even though they're just sort of getting— started in that journey. And so I, I can think about, um, some of the transformation that I've seen, um, has taken place in areas of even just, uh, church attendance or in involvement, um, people willing to serve, uh, in particular, I've seen transformation happen in, in giving financially, as well as of, of time and talents and the ways in which people, um, are coming in, and I've had an individual tell me an, an older couple who said, uh, you know, just a couple months ago, said, you know, we have never, we've never given regularly to a church before, ever yeah. in our yeah. lives. Yeah. Um, and they, I think, they were excited about you know what God was doing in their life, what they were experiencing here at Gateway, uh, about our vision of what we're trying to do and be in this community, to where. You know, they filled out a little pledge card. some churches will you know do a stewardship campaign and things and have individuals fill out cards and kind of talk about hey, this is sort of what my commitment looks like for the you know for the next year and this older couple you know said hey we've never we've never done this before ever and uh, he handed me his his pledge card uh, with some <laughs> I think with some fear and anxiety sure but also you know with some excitement about. The ways in which for them they were seeing their faith deepen and grow. So that was a huge, Uh, huge step for those folks, wasn't it? Yeah, and what I've been, uh, absolutely, and what I've been reminded of, and even have to remind myself at times when I find myself getting frustrated, is that there are a number of individuals here at Gateway who are giving, who are serving, who are attending worship more than they ever have. Uh, in their life at a church, and so I have to continually remind myself of that because there are times when I can slip into getting frustrated with individuals who maybe you know aren't serving aren't giving aren't attending you know like maybe I'm used to because i'm a I grew up in the church that's mm-hmm. all I've ever known mm-hmm. sure uh, and so it's it's well. been cool to see the ways in which people's lives have been. You know, transformed. Well, of
0: course, there's many of us in established churches who would uh, love to have. Uh, that type of commitment from established church folks who have yet to have their heart yeah. broken to give be regular givers. If they may be a right. part of a church for 50 years and still <laughs> still haven't filled out that first pledge card or whatever it would be. Yeah, right. So, so-, uh, so that's good. And that's a yay God moment uh, for yeah, you for and sure. you, for, for your church. Tell a little bit, of Matt, about um, you said you been around been uh, you launched around a year or so ago, and then you yeah. yep. uh, and then you just uh, recently chartered as a church, which yes. is an enormous step, especially in just a relatively short time a year period. Tell us a little bit about that journey and what was meaningful for you uh, and for your congregation about taking the step of chartering as a church. Was it meaningful at all or is it just a perfunctory step? Tell us a little bit about that journey.
1: Yeah, I think it uh, certainly meaningful. I mean, I, I think um, well, it's been interesting. I think through this journey uh, over the last probably two years of the of the planning and the the process of transitioning to launch and then working up and moving up to launch day, July one of twenty fifteen, where we launched Gateway Community Church as a new church. And and then this past year of working into and living into what does that look and it's still living into right I mean we're only not even a year old and continuing to live into and learn what does that mean and look like for us to to be Gateway Community Church in this community and um and that you know one of the steps in that as you mentioned is as being chartered as a as an official United Methodist church is uh, is a really exciting thing and I think one of the things in particular you folks yeah, are the newest church in Indiana aren't you uh, we yeah we are one of one of the two there were two uh, churches that were chartered at annual conference uh, our self gateway community church and, and the branches um, in Plainfield, Avon area and um, with a good friend of mine Alex Hershey the pastor there and uh, and so I think what for us the 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 chartering part of it was sort of a Oh, I don't know. It was it was like the recog, almost in a way, the rec If this makes sense, the recognition of kind of where we've where we've come. It was it's been the the hard work, the exciting work of launch, um, of getting to a place where we are um, very healthy and growing. And I felt like for us, for me in particular, I'll say for me personally, it was sort of the. It was like the conference, the annual conference kind of saying, hey, we we now actually think that you're going to survive. <laughs> I don't well, know if that makes sense. I guess you know,
0: in a right way, it's a it affirms a conference, but it also legitimizes what you're. about.
1: Yeah, yeah, for sure. And not that we didn't already really believe that what we were doing and where we are is exactly where God wants us to be and doing what God wants us to do. Uh, But to have that sort of um, affirmation, confirmation from the conference to say, you know what, we... We recognize those same things that you guys uh, have been seeing and living as well.
0: Well, you know, as Christians and as church leaders, we do have those marks, don't we, in the local church? We do have baptism. We do have confirmation. We do have uh, membership. And so those are important parts within a local church. And in a way, this is a... uh, uh, Somewhat similar, and that you are making a step of faith moving forward to be uh, no longer a project, no longer a, a, a mission to be propped up in some form or another, but you well, are a standalone entity and willing to take your place alongside the the other United Methodist churches in the state of Indiana and to move forward in ministry and to maybe help others do something likewise. Yeah. Uh, which which leads me to kind of a question or two about, about your health at this point. Uh, tell us a little bit about just who, who makes up Gateway Church at this point. You launched a year ago and uh, – yeah, as we're recording this in, in uh, mid-june that means you're still less than a year old and you've chartered mm-hmm. tell us about who makes up your church and have you had very many uh, you know uh, you about your attendance and kind of the, the the demographic makeup of your church and the community that you serve and and you know if you've had baptisms or uh, adult conversions tell us a little bit about who makes up Gateway Church
1: yeah, we've got um, – it's a pretty fun mix. We've got grandmas and grandpas, and we've got, you know, um, singles in their 20s. So it's a it's a diverse mix of age groups, uh, different life stages, lots of young families. We're finding that we're connecting with a lot of young families. Now, I think part of that is because – I mean, part of the – I'm a young family. I've got a 5-year-old, a 3-year-old, and a 1-year-old, uh, and so they – Are running around in the mix. Uh, And I think also because we've kind of said here at Gateway that our number one priority is going to be children. And so we have, we've kind of vocalized that about, gosh, now almost two years ago, we just said our number one priority is going to be kids. And so we do a lot of things focused on how does it impact kids, uh, ministry to children, and then their families, of course. So we've got a lot of young families, grandmas, and grandpas. Uh, it's a good mix. It's uh, a, a good mix of individuals, as I mentioned earlier, who are um, relatively unchurched, who are you know, or those who have been away and are coming back around. So that's been kind of cool. Um, Uh, Some diversity, not not much ethnic diversity, uh, unfortunately, but I think that's something that hopefully we're praying that we'll continue to find ways to to do that. Um, Some socioeconomic diversity where we are located is um, in, you know, I would say to the south of us directly to the south of us, maybe not even, you know, a mile. And then to the north of us, a mile is very wide range of economic diversity. And so it gives us a unique opportunity, I think, to to connect with lots of different people. Have you found
0: yourself able to connect with both the folks to the south and to the north?
1: Yeah, I think right now the we're finding it, for some reason we're connecting probably m- maybe more with people to the north, um, but we're starting to... With through some of our missions work that we're doing and outreach events and things like that, we're, we're starting to see um, some connection that's being made also to the South, Good. which has been a really exciting thing. Have you had some—oh, uh, tell me
0: about your remember Have you brought in some new members that, you know, actual members of the church and had any baptisms or— uh- confirmations?
1: Yeah. I mean, we've, um, been fortunate to have, uh, lots of new members that we've brought in, um, over the past probably year or so. Um, and a number of those have been professions of faith. Uh, we've had uh, a couple, a handful of adult baptisms, a number of, you know, child baptisms. We have yet to have a confirmation class. We have, uh, a a youth group that we started uh just this past fall and oh, primarily those student, you know and those in the involved in the student ministries are probably 5th through 8th graders so we're just getting ready to have our first confirmation class probably here in the next year or so is kind of what we're thinking uh and so we're really excited about that and um yeah just been kind of excited to see then about how many folks do you run on a, on a, your your primary worship services we have uh, – we just launched two Sunday morning services uh, on Easter Sunday, and uh, we're averaging uh, probably about 150 to 160 in our – between our two worship services. And then we have – in addition to that, we're averaging about uh, 50 to 60 kids in Sunday school. Okay. So, you know, we're, we're usually – on that 200 or just over 200 mark probably that's cool well that says I only ask
0: you those questions because you know the numbers are meaningful and the such in as much as they mean people right the, the, every number means oh, a uh, yeah. person and, and especially yeah. if you're having if your target is children and you're now reaching you know 50 or so children that's great and having some baptisms and some professions of faith I, to me those are the numbers that are indicating yeah. some decent health for your church to me yeah, i Big
1: numbers guy. <laughs> yeah. Well, you got to be
0: as a church planner All of us really need to be, but uh, a church planter particularly, I, I think. Sure. But uh, tell me, what's your vision moving forward? You've been there, you had a year and really two years working on the project. If we come back and revisit uh, Gateway Church uh, five years from now, what are we going to see? What's your vision moving forward? What's God's what God's uh, what God's going to be up to there at Gateway Church moving forward?
1: I think a couple of things that that come to mind for me in particular. Um, one is uh, I, I would like to see uh, Gateway be a part of a sort of revitalization or rebranding, I might call it, network and where we perhaps come alongside churches um, and can kind of share resources, get to a point helping churches that maybe are struggling get to a point of health or new starting some new churches uh, and then kind of and then letting them go. Now, go do your thing. Go be you know who you are in this community, in your context. Um, I think that would be pretty exciting. I would be excited to see us to be a uh, what I might call a teaching, quote-unquote, teaching church, and that we might be a church where we're inviting individuals who are maybe discerning their call or are, have responded to a call in ministry and can come in and have some various ministry experiences, whether it be preaching and teaching, or pastoral care, or children's student ministries, whatever it might be that they are kind of interested in pursuing. Might have some practical uh, ministry experience in that. Uh, I'd like to, of course, would like to see us, you know, pray that we would continue to connect with people in our community. Uh, maybe, perhaps, even uh, it's a. It's an interesting physical space that we have here at 75th and Oakland um, a geodesic dome is what we worship in. And um, I, I mean, it'd be great to see us have to explore some additional space. Uh, of what that might look like. Sure. Um yeah, yeah, as we were familiar, in- just- familiar with your facility,
0: which has some unique characteristics and some challenges too, and uh, you know, <laughs> yes. to say the least. So, uh, yeah, so some cool things. It sounds like you, uh, if, you if I may discern a little bit of what you're sharing with me, that you're looking to take your heritage of how you came about and to make that a part of your DNA moving forward in terms of being uh, a multiplication strategy of taking your DNA of church planning and to help facilitate the planning of more new churches and new works moving forward. And a part of that being the the teaching model. Is that uh, fair to say?
1: Yeah, I, I think so. I think the model that we have been fortunate enough, this hybrid model of kind of, um, you know, launching out of a a campus, I I think kind of revitalization and, you know, church start has been really helpful and healthy for our experience. And I think it's a model that really churches around the country, uh, in in particular, United Methodist churches, uh, should really continue to consider. I know that there are churches that are doing that and to continue to see that happen. and, And if Gateway is fortunate enough to be a part of That, I think, would be a really exciting thing. Yeah. Well,
0: I think uh, part of what you're describing in your... uh you know, micro way is has to do with a, a macro approach to to church growth and revitalization. That we have to look at uh, methodologies and means and strategies to uh, mm-hmm. to reach more people uh, with new people. You know, new people uh, reach new people, whether it's revitalizing mm-hmm. existing churches or planting new churches. And we just have to be smart about it and effective about it. And uh, and the DNA of taking a hybrid model of what you described as one. Mm-hmm one way and it's been effective not in your setting but others as well and uh and that's good i'm just glad to hear you have a, a thought about uh, taking your dna and making that i like that's the way i like to term it at least kind of make it that yeah. your uh yep. your way moving forward so that's cool yeah. well thanks for sharing that matt hey matt one, one more thing tell uh Tell us a little bit about something about your personal life. You mentioned you've got uh, some children. And uh, tell us something personal about you, something fun you like to do, maybe on your own or with your kids or in your marriage or, or something. What's something fun about you or interesting about you that uh, can help us learn about a little bit about your character?
1: Yeah, uh, I mentioned five-year-old, three-year-old, and one-year-old, and so they keep us really busy. Uh, My wife is a a professor at Anderson University and been there for some time, and uh, I would say one of the things that's sort of interesting, I guess, um, we, we enjoy doing a lot of work on our house. It's... Uh, sometimes can be sort of annoying and frustrating, uh, but it's been also something that we kind of enjoyed to do, my wife and I enjoy to do together. Uh, every kind of, you know, just random projects. There was a recent project that we did where she had the idea that we should, I don't know if you can kind of picture a, a built-in wall of dressers. So in our bedroom, she says, I think we should have a giant wall of dressers. It's like, that's like a big project, man. It ended. It was larger than I was anticipating. <laughs> I'll say that for sure. And I have to admit that uh, so, as sometimes happens, she's sort of the visionary of the project. And, and then sometimes I'm the one who tries to figure out how to actually make it happen. And so as we were in the midst of this particular project, I really had my doubts. I said to her, my wife's name is Ty. I said, Ty, I don't. I'm not sure we can pull this off. Uh, we've pulled off plenty of other po- projects before. I just am not sure this one's going to gonna pan out. And, and she was like, just, just trust me and keep going. Let's we'll keep working at it. And uh, sure enough, it has been, it turned out beautifully and to her credit. Uh, and kind of a cool thing. So, yeah, we do, you know, we do some random stuff like that kind of around the house a lot and Cool. Um, of course, enjoy hanging out and running around with the kids. And- oh, that's great. That's great. And of course, what you're describing there may be a
0: little bit of a metaphor for uh, church work, especially church planning, when you don't know if it's all going to work out. and You keep keep plugging away, and some good stuff happens. So, right. so many many thanks today, Matt. Our, our guest today on the podcast has been Matt Wyman, who is the uh, is the lead pastor at the Gateway Church, the Gateway United Methodist Church in Indianapolis. Thanks again to Matt Lipan, uh, Reverend Matt Lipan, the pastor of the Gateway United Methodist Church, Gateway Community Church in the Geist area of Indianapolis. New church plant. Yeah, it's, it's some exciting stories there, wasn't it, about what he was talking about, about all the children involved and, and people coming to Christ and uh, all that happening. And there's energy around a new church plant, which is unlike anything else. I will share with you in my ministry, which is approaching, uh, coming up on 40 years almost, uh, in one form or another, accounting youth ministry and all the other things I've been involved with. One of the delights of my life was the four years that I spent as a church planter. I remember well the Shiloh Crossing Community Church and how we launched strong and had over a hundred people in worship. And how among the things we did in the four years we were, almost four years we were in existence, is we baptized a lot of new people, a lot of adult professions of faith. And how to see people come over the line of faith from a life without Christ to one with Christ was the profound delight of my life, especially when those folks really did not have a background in, in church. That's some of the things that can happen in a new church plant. Now, one of the things we have to do in our, in our annual conference is have to have a great strategy moving forward of redeveloping existing churches which is reinventing them and have a process of doing new works. New church plants. One of the ways of doing both is the hybrid process, which Matt Lipan and the folks at Castleton Church used here, and uh, it leads to uh, what can happen as a successful church based on the strength of the parenting church. That's a good model. There's lots of different models for church planning, and uh, this hybrid model has been around for a long, long, long time, but it hasn't been used as much perhaps as it maybe it should be, and I think Matt was lifting up that as a model that he appreciates. Here's what I think is good about it, and here's Here's why I want you to get your head around this, that if you can set the DNA of your church – towards multiplication. That is birthing new things, whether it's birthing a new Sunday school class or a new youth group or something along that line, that's a good thing. Or birthing a new church. I was really glad to hear Matt talk about setting the DNA of the Gateway Church to be a teaching church moving forward, to help teach up people to be leaders who are outwardly focused, and to have the focus and the vision of planting new works, that's a good thing. That's multiple. That's multiplication strategy, and that, friends, is what I am convinced has to happen in order for our church to move forward and to turn around any decline that we have. Any, 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 uh, any. Uh, uh, issues of being stuck that we may have. We have to think about multiplication and sitting in the DNA of giving birth to new things. That's what kept me going when I was a church planner, and even though there was, there was lots of problems, when you deal with birthing new things, you deal with spiritual warfare because the evil one doesn't want people to come to Christ. That's just the way that is. And there's huge challenges in birthing new things. But what's the alternative? To sit back and just fade away and die? I think not. That's not where I'm at, at least. The whole focus of this podcast is to strengthen the connection in the United Methodist Church in Indiana to make disciples of Jesus Christ for the transformation of the world. That transformation takes place one life at a time, and one life at a time is often transformed because a new person gets excited about the church and invites them to that new thing, that new Sunday school class, that new event, that new youth group, the new ladies group or the new church, and new people get excited to invite more new people. That's what that is about. And that's what excites me about church planning. So that's what I wanted to share with you today from, from my perspective. We did want you to know that today's podcast was sponsored by a great resource in the area of church planning. by the way. It's the book, Meet the Good People, Wesley's Seven Ways of Sharing Your Faith. Reverend Dr. Roger Ross, a former church planter who grew a church from zero to about 500 in Champaign, Illinois, is the author of this book, and he's now done great things at the First United Methodist Church in Springfield, Illinois, uh, is the author, and he knows what he's talking about. If you want a great resource, check out the book. This podcast also helps out and is supportive of Mission Guatemala, a mission project. If you want another thing to help your church get energized and excited, get involved with missions. A great place to start is Mission Guatemala. Go to MissionGuatemala.com. Well, that'll about wrap it up for here, here this episode number 19 of the Hoosier United Methodist podcast. It's been a pleasure to be with you today. My name is Brad Miller reminding you that our mission is... Is to strengthen the connection of the United Methodist Church in Indiana. So, if you have a good news story that you'd like to tell, contact us through the website Methodist dot com, and I'd love to hear your stories. And then maybe we can get you on on the podcast. So that's what we're about here. So <clears throat> check us out on the website HoosierUnitedMethodist.com, dot com, Facebook page Facebook.com, slash Hoosier United Methodist or Hoosier United Methodist Podcast. Those are the places to go. Until next time, this is Dr. Bradwell reminding you, in the words of John Wesley, to do all the good
2: you can. Thank you for listening to the Hoosier United Methodist podcast with Dr. Brad Miller. We challenge you to be an active listener by subscribing and becoming a vital member of the Hoosier United Methodist podcast community. Visit us on the web at HoosierUnitedMethodist.com and chat with other members at Facebook.com slash Hoosier United Methodist. Until next time, continue to make disciples and transform the world.